1 John chapter 2, verse 22. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, he is Antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. 1 John chapter 4, verse 3. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Second John chapter 1, verse 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an Antichrist. Believing that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh requires one to believe that God's Messiah for mankind, His only begotten Son, came to the earth through the Virgin Mary, preached the gospel of redemption to the world, was rejected and crucified by the authorities for the sins of men, resurrected the third day, and ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. It requires that we believe He will return in the clouds to receive His church, and then ultimately return at the Battle of Armageddon to save the remaining Hebrew people and establish His thousand-year reign upon the earth. The fact of the matter is that we must believe upon all of God's scriptures, for Revelation 19.13 reads concerning Jesus, and His name is called the Word of God. You and I are being tried on whether we will believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ or not. Faith is the only possible way to please God. Without faith, we are bereft of any good eternal blessing. God did not choose beauty, political power, muscle, wealth, IQ, etc. The one common denominator that all men must have to please God is faith in Christ Jesus. Have you believed that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh? Is it possible that you could be an antichrist? Settle the issue today. This is your valley of decision. Believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 through 19. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven, and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, or dominions, or principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father, that in him should all fullness dwell." Man said, forget God. All we need is time and chance. Now the record. It was Darwin's belief that with man's future advancements in science and the unearthing of multitudes of missing link fossils, that it would become abundantly clear that time and chance has fathered all life and not God. As recorded in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Or Exodus 20-11, for in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested on the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. 
At the end of time, we find the following in Revelation 10, 5, and 6, And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. Darwin postulated that time and chance would prove the irrelevance of God, but the opposite has been the case. No matter where they look in all their presumed sophistication, they only come knocking at the door of the childlike, but they can't come in. Today's science has discovered amazing things that consistently shout God. Scientists have concluded that there was an actual beginning. There was light before the sun. All of today's population is the product of one mother, and they call her Eve. All of today's population is the product of one father, and they call him Adam. Adam's rib does have relevance. It has been confirmed that three-quarters of the world is covered in flood strata. There are fish fossils on the world's mountain peaks, etc. The list goes on and on and on. It's enormous, staggering, and overwhelming, but the ignorant choose to be ignorant still, but not the children. This is God Said, Man Said feature article 511 that contends for the faith and certifies once again that God is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. These features are all archived in text and streaming audio for your edification. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Welcome to God Said, Man Said. We are honored to have your company. This is the first feature in the God Said, Man Said series, The Amazing Parallels and the Theory of Everything. Contrary to Darwin's hopes, the more science discovers, the more God and his word are certified. Einstein and his followers sought and seek for what they call the unifying theory of everything. You'll be amazed at what they are finding. Their scientific discoveries are consistently bringing the discussion back to the Bible, the children's breath. One of God Said, Man Said's most visited features is the 2002 article, Is There Life in Outer Space? Since that feature, several other articles have been published here that address man's unsatiable quest to search the heavens for extraterrestrial life, but to no avail. This should be settled, but academics continue to stand in contradiction to the children's common knowledge. We will highlight some of their new, but not so new, chatter. There surely is life in outer space. The Apostle Paul spoke of his experience when he was taken up into the third heaven, a place beyond the stars, outer space. God, his Christ, his angels, the fallen Satan and his angels, as well as a host of other celestial creatures hail from outer space. God is a spirit, and his angels are ministering spirits that are invisible to the natural eye unless they choose to be seen. The results of the deeds of the spirit realm can be seen, but the source remains unseen. Jesus spoke to Nicodemus in John 3, verses 1 through 8, where, he's fi where we find the following. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? 
Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Through the born-again experience, the eyes are open to perceive the hand of God and other flesh-spirit interactions. Carnal men mock the principle of the invisible, but they should know the following. Romans one twenty. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by these by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Colossians one sixteen, for by him were all things created, that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. First Timothy one seventeen. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory for ever and ever. Amen. Later in this series, we will address the issue of the invisible and the fact that science has long come to the conclusion that the universe's most powerful forces are found to be invisible. Astronomer and author Sten Odenwald wrote, We are forced to confront the fact something hidden in the void is controlling not just the uh, subtle properties of matter, but the destiny of the universe. In the December 2010 issue of Popular Science, the subhead of the feature, Deep Freeze, reads, A science experiment in South Pole ice searched for clues about uh, how the universe and dark matter work. A few excerpts follow. Every December since 2004, engineers have flown to the South Pole to drill 8,000-foot deep holes in the ice. The team lowers cables, each strung with 60 disco ball-sized light sensors into the holes and lets them freeze over. So far, they have completed 79 such holes set in a grid half a mile on each side and plan to drill the final seven this month. The result will be the Ice Cube Neutrino Observatory, a cube of ice packed with 5,320 sensors looking for cosmic particles. Ice Cube size allows it to measure ultra-high energy neutrinos particles that pack as much energy as one of Roger Federer's serves, says Spencer Klein, a physicist at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory who will monitor Ice Cube's output. The source of these neutrinos, he says, are mysterious. The main suspects are supermassive black holes that spit intense jets of particles or collisions involving a neutron star in a black hole or maybe something unknown, Klein says. It's hard to explain how you get such uh, energetic particles, but it's clear that they exist. The unknown something, he says, could be dark matter, the invisible mass that makes up 90% of the universe, end of quote. The Ice Cube Neutrino Observatory is trying to discover what makes the universe tick. On the cover of the November 2010 issue of Discover, the major headline reads, Did Life Begin in Space? The headline of a four-page feature inside reads, Is Anybody Out There? 
The subhead reads, as astronomers uncover a bewildering array of planets orbiting distant stars, four top researchers in the field reveal their plans to study these exotic worlds and search for signs that we are not alone in the universe. End of quote. I will spare you the details, but it suffices to say in this interview, these astronomers are fielding questions regarding their search for life in outer space. The last question and answer in the feature follow. Audience member, we've made our planet noisy with radio signals that could be detected light years away. Other advanced civilizations might be doing the same thing. Are we looking for these signals? Basri, yes, SETI, which we mentioned earlier, is broader now, but it began with radio waves. People are looking for exactly what you're talking about. The Allen Telescope Array at Berkeley is engaged in that. Pat Allen gave $21 million for that purpose. There are about 60 radio telescopes scanning the skies for these signals right now. That would be the definitive answer to the search for life. If you get an intelligent signal, then you know for sure. End of quote. Concerning SETI and its research for extraterrestrial life, consider the following excerpts from the God Said Man Said feature, Speaking to Extraterrestrials. Evolutionists are now looking for extraterrestrial life. Anything that may give credence to their Antichrist positions, their search provides much of the motivation for the world's space projects. On November 16, 1974, in an attempt to contact life in outer space, the $60 million uh, project utilizing the Arecibo radio telescope was commissioned. The undertaking that the world's largest radio telescope was commissioned to do was known as SETI, an acronym for Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. I have news for Arecibo. We've been contacted. The shocking truth is that extraterrestrials are operating and have been sighted all over the Earth, and the Bible, which was authored by the ultimate extraterrestrial, God Almighty, documents it. Concerning extraterrestrial operators uh, among us, Hebrews 13.2 records, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Concerning evil operatives, uh, John, uh, the uh, beloved, records in Revelation 12.7-9, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. End of quote. The evolutionists have been contacted. They simply don't have ears to hear or eyes to see. The following information was lifted from a 2008 issue of Answers Update. The article is titled, Talking to Aliens. The U.S. federal government, through groups like SETI, has spent hundreds of millions of dollars searching for evidence of aliens so that scientists can contact and communicate with them. An article on the website of the University of Wyoming, a tax-supported school, states, English 4050-5560, otherwise known as interstellar message composition, is the first class to enlist creative writers in a potential cosmic conversation, funded in part by the National Aeronautics and Space Administration's uh, Wyoming Space Grant Consortium. It's designed to fill a practical, if extremely theoretical, need. End of quote. 
Science is looking for a language with which to speak to extraterrestrials. This should send a shock through the halls of higher learning, although you should expect they won't be listening. There is a language with which man can speak to extraterrestrials directly. Isaiah the prophet speaks of this extraterrestrial language in chapter 28, verses 11 and 12. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest, wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. 1 Corinthians 14.21 quotes the passage from Isaiah, referring to the supernatural ministry of speaking in tongues. It is estimated that as many as 585 million, or one out of four of the world's confessing Christians, speak in unknown tongues, which is a supernatural language that the individual speaking does not understand, but God does. 1 Corinthians 14.2, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries." Imagine such a phenomenal ability to be able to speak in this marvelous language. 1 Corinthians 14.14 reads, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Romans 8.26 and 27 speaks of this supernatural benefit. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. This ability is obtained by believers when they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, as they did on the day of Pentecost, recorded in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Jesus said the following concerning the ministry of the Holy Ghost in Mark sixteen seventeen, And these signs shall follow them that believe, in my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. Those of you reading this feature that would like more information on this glorious blessing should click on to the following subjects. It must be noted, of course, that believers also communicate with God through standard prayer and meditation as well. Science wants to learn to speak to extraterrestrials. The born-again already can. End of quote. Men can drill into the ice of the South Pole. They can listen with the ears of SETI. They can scan the skies for extraterrestrials. But the fact is, the world has already been contacted, but only the children of faith can communicate. Are you interested in the theory of everything? God said, Colossians 1.19, For it pleased the Father, that in him should all fullness dwell. Man said, Forget God. All we need is time and chance. Now you have the record.